Oh, sounds so official. So what? All right. <laughs> Mr. Bruce Foreman. Oh, my God, I'm back. I'm back. I can't believe it. You're back. Yeah. How's it going, man? Oh, you wouldn't believe it, man. I, I, I launched my Kickstarter campaign, and it's really going well. I'm very excited. Got a lot of cool rewards up there for everybody and getting a lot of really a lot of love and support and really making, you know, it's warming the cockles of my cockles. <laughs> so, um, and uh, it's just exciting. I'm going to be a marketing machine. I put a really cool post up. I don't know. Did you see it the other? Yes. When I'm the post where I'm playing through that amplifier. No, yes. I haven't seen it yet. Oh, okay. That's because you, you're too cheap. You haven't contributed yet no uh, i haven't i'm gonna um oh don't i uh, hear you know uh, i'm gonna I'll text it to you but on. it's only the people who do the kickstarter get to get this stuff you know so uh wow all of a sudden you know oh, oh. and you know and just super excited about it and learning how to do it and uh been writing a lot of music, you know, thinking about what songs we're going to do. I mean, of course, we're not going to rehearse. We're just going to go in and do it. So, right. Because that's what they did. So we can do it too. <laughs> um, how are you liking that, that amp, Barney Kessel's amplifier? Well, that's exactly what I just sent you a, uh, the first me playing through it. Um, it's cool. I mean, it doesn't have much power. It really wouldn't be a good gig amp with a right. drummer. But it'd be great. It's going to be great in the studio. It's a little, a little noisy, but not too bad. You know, I'll probably record like that and my Hendrickson amp. Right. Be, be, you know, and then kind of blend the two, maybe the Dumble. I don't know. Yeah. Why not, right? Well, you know, the Dumble's kind of on the bright side, and that, that Charlie Christian pickup's super bright. Oh, okay. Yeah. So I have a feeling it might be too, too much. Right. That's what I'm going for. Oh, do you want to um, do you want to uh, let the people know where you're recording it? Uh, yes, yes, I will be happy to let it. I am recording it. You see, the original place that it was recorded is no longer available. It was they recorded Contemporary Record Studios was actually in the warehouse of Contemporary Records, and so when they kind of sold the company to Fantasy, um, you know, they let the building go. So. It really wasn't much of anything there because the base, the big deal was the microphones and those were owned by Lester Koenig. Um, but so we didn't really have an option to do it where they were originally done. And I was thinking about, you know, the obvious Capital East, West, Sunset Sound and stuff. But then uh, a dear friend of ours came through. He's got a really great studio. He's been producing records. It, you'll know him as Josh Smith. I know him as Josh Smith. Most everybody knows him as Josh Smith. It's called Flat Five Studios. Up there. And so I'll be doing it at Josh's studio, which would be great to have another guitar player around to put his ears on it. And uh, the plan is to have Alan Hertz uh, engineer it. Wow. So Josh's at Josh's studio is Josh's in the valley, right? Yeah, in the valley. Yeah. And Alan, who we had on the show recently, which is awesome. Right, who's an amazing drummer. So it'll be great. Got like a good drummer and a good guitar player right there. Kind of, you know, 
and it's it's a big room it's like 16 by 20 so there's plenty of room for a jazz trio to set up and yeah each other and it's a good sounding room not too not too dry so uh i'm i'm excited about it and, you know it's a friendly place too Hunter really. bruce stop there mate why because um i'm getting no signal through the oh there we go hang on it's i just wanted to make sure i was getting recording here are you i am i am now yes just double checking sorry <laughs> <laughs> but um yeah so so yeah well, josh is gonna uh yeah we're gonna do it there i'm excited about that we're gonna do it in july 22nd 23rd i think the uh the kickstarter campaign ends on july 19th july 19th and wow. it's looking like we're going to be funded so there's no problem we're going to do it you know i mean we're 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 inching close to the already to the whatever the the whatever they call that the uh i don't even know what it's called <laughs> the um you have to declare a certain amount of a goal whatever you have have no goal or you don't get funded at all right right and i'm i'm within spitting distance already and i got another 40 some days to go so um i'm confident we'll make it and i'm going to keep working and i'm going to make a lot of really interesting content for people who contribute it's going to be that only they can see wow man that's the real cool thing about kickstarter i can put video i can put you know like I, I'm going to be reading those letters. Well, yeah, when I got Barney's guitar, I also got these letters from Oscar Peterson, Jim Hall, uh, Brian Wilson, stuff like that. So I'm going to read some of them. I'm going to be playing the guitar. I'm going to be, you know, just I'm going to interview some people, you know. So it'll be really cool inside shit that uh, only people who contribute get. That's super cool. So tell me something about Barney, man. Was he like back in the day with, you know, with Barney, um, Pass and Jim Hall and all those cats, were they all buddies or was? Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah. Sure. sure. I mean, yeah, of course they were. They loved each other. I mean, they were competitive like everybody is, you yeah. know, but, but in some more than others, you could tell Barney was a real competitive kind of guy. Right. You know, cause that was just his nature. But um, yeah, they loved each other. I mean, yeah. I mean, I had lots of conversations with Barney where he'd tell me how much he loved Joe and Jim and Wes and, you know, yeah, totally. Who, tell me this, who got Barney excited? Like, who were the guys where he got a little... Charlie Christian. Start, that was his start. You know Barney grew up in Muskegee, Oklahoma. Right right near Oklahoma City. That's where Charlie Christian was there. I think Charlie Christian was only a couple of years, like eight, 10 years. It, I don't even think that much older than Barney. They met each other. Wow. They knew each other. Yeah. So Barney starts playing guitar. There's this kid basically in Oklahoma City who's lighting the world on fire, just joined, joined Benny Goodman's band, broke the color barrier, you know, basically in many ways. And, um, you know, a fellow Oklahoman. So uh, Barney, that was who Barney, that's who got Barney going, you know. Barney. And the music of the day was, you know, Benny Goodman and stuff like that. So yeah, yeah. For him at first. And then, you know, he, he played in dance bands. He played in various things, you know. And 
next thing you know he's doing oh, man such uh such cool history i'm gonna shut this door here um it's exciting stuff man yeah it's really cool you know i mean yeah he, you know you know muskogee illinois i said muskegee before i meant muskogee um you know yeah you know and, and and you know that's not far geographically from kansas city where like jay mcshan was you know what i mean in the beginnings of the uh, lester young and count basie and you know that that whole ultimately charlie parker too you know what i mean that whole kansas city music scene was just up the road from oklahoma right so and the world was much more regional then you know i mean it's like we didn't really have airplanes to get on and go you know so your your your, your world was pretty much what you're pro what you were close to it, it it amazes me just thinking back to that time compared to now and how different it is now like back then how does one one even think about picking up an instrument what influenced them and how did they find it and then to learn and then to become such legends like they 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 are like how does that even happen right right well no youtube how did that happen yeah right no anybody did... learn to play without youtube you know right i mean it's it's incredible what these guys all you guys what you guys have learned and where you've taken the music and the instrument and to think about it it was all it was all audio you didn't see anyone playing unless they came through your town or you were lucky enough to see them it's and amazing. The audio, even until about 1970, really, the audio was not really uh, easy to access. It was all records. So it's like yeah. putting the needle down if you wanted to hear something a lot, you know? Yeah. Uh, which ruined the record and ruined, you know, um, until we got those little portable cassette players with the variable speed. That was like, that was a huge thing for us. You know what I mean? I bet. Because you could record a record and then you could slow it down, you know. Some records you could slow down, of course. You know, some records players had variable speeds. Yeah. Um, I, I, it's just, to me, it's amazing just how different it is now. I mean, what you yeah, can... Yeah, everything's easy to get. It's why everybody plays so much better now. But do they you know they play the instrument better that's for sure and they learn things quicker because the information is so much more accessible but are they you know the real a lot of times the real mother of creativity and storytelling and good playing comes from experience and playing with better players and if you're in your room all day with youtube that's the you're not getting that no so you know you kind of become this you know it's like a kid who jerks off only with his left hand all the time. His left arm has really got big muscles, but his right arm is scrawny and everything. You know? <laughs> I mean, you need kind of both to really, I mean, and maybe not, because sure enough, these kids who are playing today are just unbelievably great. It's, I mean, God, I'm turning 
50 this year and since I've been playing guitar, I'm just seeing, <laughs> I'm looking at these young kids going, okay, what, what did I miss? Because these kids are playing just shit that I can never thought I could even do. And they're doing it like it's just normal now. Like this is normal standard. Right. But that's always been the case. Right. Oh, good, because I'm not the only one that feels that way. <laughs> well, you know, I'm pretty sure that, you know, when I came along and was playing with Barney and I was young and I was playing a lot of shit, you know, I mean, he was maybe thinking a similar thing, you know, because, but, but like when I started playing, I heard Joe Pass and Barney Kessel and Wes Montgomery, you know, that's, that's how I assume you're supposed to play the guitar. Mm, right. These guys had worked their whole lives to get to there. And me, I got to listen to a record, you know, and I could hear it. So right. that's the way I'm supposed to play. You know, they didn't have that role model. No. And so now we have the role models plus the technology, and it just it just magnifies, you know, exponentially what the the the, the speed. Yeah. The evolution. Yeah. So um, um yeah, hopefully... it, you know, again, it doesn't make it music. The whole idea is it's got to be the completion of, it's got to make people think or feel or laugh yeah you yeah. know it's got to do something like that uh because if it doesn't close that circle it's just you know skill level acrobatics and it's so easy on the guitar to to go down that rabbit hole of just picking up guitar and playing licks and playing non-musical stuff because it just it almost becomes a meditation type thing for a guitarist and a skill level thing where you start to forget about the music, but when you're by yourself sometimes and fall into that, those bad habits until you're with other people. And then especially people that don't play an instrument and they want to hear music. I mean, yeah. I hear it from my missus all the time. What crap are you playing? Well, why do you just play a song? <laughs> and I'm reminded, damn, dude, play a song. Stop playing the crap you're learning because no one really wants to hear that crap. They want to hear a song. Yeah, well, well, some people do want to. Guitar players, hence guitar wank. Yeah. Some guitar players do want to hear you wank. You know yeah. what I mean? Yeah, exactly. I have had numerous people complain of coming to a gig, particularly my Red Guitar Show where they came to the gig and they were complaining that I didn't wank enough, basically. That I didn't play enough. Really? You know, I didn't play enough fast shit. I didn't play like, you know, my usual, I guess what they thought I was known for, which is, but you know, I mean, you've heard that show a bunch. I play a lot of guitar. I never stop playing. I mean, I play for an hour straight in that show. Yeah. You know? And I'm, I'm not, I'm not like playing, you know, D, open D chords or anything, as you know. You know, yet at the same time, the guy was really, I mean, he sent, he's really trolling me. He's all over my YouTube page. He's all over my Facebook page. He wants what? He wants more shred? Yeah. Well, good for him. Bop shredding. <laughs> he wants more bop shredding. Yeah. <laughs> wow, man. Wow. So. Well, do you want to let. And I, and, I do, and I really, like I say, you've heard that show. There's plenty of that in there. Yeah. But I guess not enough for this guy. Wow, that's a, yeah, that's a lot of shred. You that's know, a lot of shred. I hate to let him down. If I if he'd have told me, I would have given him his money back. You're right. You <laughs> well, know? you know, you can't play practically to the point of paying him to just leave me alone. You know. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. You've and don't and you listeners don't get any ideas there. You got a stalker. Damn. 
more of a troll, right? Isn't that what you call a troll? Troll, yeah. It's yeah. <laughs> so who we we've got a guest coming on today, hopefully. What we supposedly do, but you know, I'll believe it when I hear it. You know. Yeah, we'll see if he turns up. He's all right. I, this this guy might have a career. Well, you know, he might. You know, we don't know. I mean. We're opening up. We'll see who's got a career and who doesn't, right? We may boost his career or destroy it. Yeah, right. There's there's the pre-pandemic guys and the post-pandemic guys. You know? Yeah. This guy's been practicing a lot. So I think he's got a young guy coming through. I think he'll do all right. Yeah. He, I think he's older than me, though. <laughs> so he better hurry up and get to it, because otherwise it's pretty much all over for him. Yeah, right. Yeah. He, he better sort it out. Yeah. Oh my God. So how many, you're up to how many Instagrams now? Uh, in, Instagrams? I don't know. I mean, no, like how many, how many performances is, have you done? Oh, performances on it? I don't even know. I think I'm around 370. Oh, you've overtaken, um, well, you've well overtaken Guitar Wank episodes. Yeah, I'm, I'm, I think I'm, yeah, yeah. I mean, last I looked, I was at 352 and that was a couple of weeks ago. So probably around 370, 380. Wow. And um, and it's really cool because I, you know, got a lot of a lot more followers, you know, than I ever envisioned that I would have, and I'm really happy about it, you know. And you, I put stuff up, and I get, you know, usually somewhere between 800 and 2,000 views. Yeah, it's a lot yeah. more people than come to my gigs, you know. But then again, it's a hell of a lot easier to watch a minute on your phone than it is to drive to a gig. Yeah. So when are you gonna hit? When are you gonna hit the road? I guess you'll start hitting the road after you do this recording and everything. Yeah, yeah. I mean, well, I'm hitting the road this weekend. I'm going to. Uh, I've got a gig up in Northern California. Right. Like an outdoor little gig, and um, and I have a gig in Big Sur too this weekend. So I'm gigging. So, uh, you know, it's, but it's mostly kind of local-ish stuff. You know, no one's really, people are still scared to commit to like, hey, I'll bring your band out, you know, and all the travel and all the stuff. If like, if there's a flare up or something or the government says, no, you can only have 20% capacity or something. And that pretty much, they don't want to, they don't want to put the money down or write a contract until they, they're sure they can be 100% open. Yeah, right. And people are comfortable going. I know that like, places like Tennessee, Nashville and stuff are pretty wide open so far. So, and California will be in about a week. Right. But, but once they open up, I think there's still kind of a moment where they're, we're going to wait and see what happens before, before the promoters, you know, who have to put a lot of money down, really kind of commit to that. Yeah. Yeah. So that's all. I mean, I think that's what's happening. And, um, I keep practicing, keep playing, you know, and where now tell me this at this point in, in your playing career, what are you, uh, what are you, what are you doing when you pick up the guitar these days? I just start with a tune and I play it and come up with new things on it, you know, and work it out and, you know, move it around through keys, reharmonize it, uh, maybe come up with an arrangement for it. If I really get deep into it, you know, yeah. And, play maybe go back and listen to a few other people what see hear what they did you know and take some ideas i like and move them around kind of figure you know my own way of doing that you know yeah. i think like that that's kind of what i spend most of my time i'm not really spending a lot of time 
I mean, I'm working on my chops, but only in the context of playing music. Like I'll play fast tempos and stuff. Right. Right. I'll, I'll play a lot of chord melody stuff or counterpoint, which is really technical, but I mean, I'm not doing it like it's an exercise and right. doing it like it's music. Yeah. And that's cause I'm, you know, I'm pretty much as good as I'm going to get. When you get my age, you're, you, you know what I mean? If you really needed to practice a lot, you should have done it earlier at some point. Well, tell me this, young, <laughs> Bruce, young Bruce Foreman, when you started off, early days of Bruce Foreman on the guitar, what was your day like as a practicing schedule? Like, did you have a set curriculum kind of thing? Were you a metronome guy? Were you just, well, just I, I, learning I songs? All those things. Yeah, I played with a metronome. I worked on scales and arpeggios. Sure, I did that all the time. Uh, and I, and, but I learned tunes a lot, mostly because it was, to me, it was like, if there was playing to be done, I played. If there was a jam session, you know what I mean? Or a gig I could go to, that's what I did. If I was just if home alone, then I would, obviously a lot of my time was spent learning tunes because I had to play those tunes with people when I went to, I wanted to play with people and I right. needed to know the tunes in order to play with the people. Yeah. So, and I had a lot of catching up to do because I was playing with older guys that already knew those tunes. So I had to learn that. So while I was learning scales, arpeggios, working uh, with the metronome, of course, and learning, you know, licks, which I wanted to turn into concepts. We've talked about that. And learning phrases and, you know, and, and ideas from other people. Um, mostly all that was in through the lens of learning tunes. Right. So, and so nothing really much has changed. So do you remember, like, can you go back and remember when you nailed your open chords in first position? Yeah. You can remember those, those times? Sure. And do you remember what kind of, how many hours a day were you practicing as a young player? Like early, beginner, beginnerish, you know, your first few years. Was it, did you take it? And run with it where it was like, oh, I'm, I'm chasing this like there's no tomorrow? Or did it take well, a while before it all... Well, once I got... Yeah, once I got serious about it, it was pretty much what I was doing. You know what I mean? Checking out the music, learning the songs, learning how to play, wishing I could play with the guys I was hearing. You know what I mean? And it was Lucky always, it was always with jazz, right? With, you know. Bruce, it was always jazz. It wasn't... You like you were in San Francisco those early days. You, it wasn't the rock scene. It wasn't. It wasn't that well, scene that grabbed you at the start. Like jazz jumped you know, in pretty. I mean, at the very 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 beginning of my guitar playing, yes, it was kind of the blues and rock and stuff. You know, learning Bob Dylan songs, shit like that. You know, right. I mean, the open chord stuff. Yeah. And then I heard jazz and that's just pretty much what I want. It just sounded so cool. I just wanted to get into that, you know, yeah. and it kind of was attractive on a lot of levels. One, it was real technical. One, it was real complex. I had played classical piano. So, you know, I'd been introduced to a lot of harmony already, you know, and then, uh, yeah. So I kind of went straight towards jazz really fast. Um, I don't know. Yeah. And so that's kind of how it happened. But uh, I mean, I remember playing those open chords. Sure. And I remember flailing. I still, I flail every day. I flailed this morning. 
<laughs> All you need to do is go on Instagram to hear it. <laughs> uh, I I remember I remember I remember learning my first my A seven where you would bar in the first position, and just remember the pain feeling that. And oh, uh, to me it was the F chord. The F chord too. Yeah. Yeah, but you're right. The A, the open A, instead of using three fingers, one finger. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, that was that was a that was a bitch. Totally painful. It's so funny to look back and and look at all that, and it's all so easy and so just normal now. It's not a big deal, but God, it was such a hill to climb back then. I know. Well, you know, that's what it is. I mean, yeah. That's why I think the F chord did more to kill music guitar players to stop people from playing guitar than any any well other thing you know what you know what i think it was what trying to learn um be a beginner and learn guitar on those big nylon acoustics where the necks were just huge and you got these little fingers because you were this little kid and yeah right and then you got your first electric guitar and it was like, oh my God, this is so much easier after you got over the, the sore fingers, you know? Yeah, right. But well, that's true. But you know, don't you think having a bigger neck, it makes it easier to learn because the strings are a little further spaced out? Yeah, I always ended up with a nylon string that the neck was bowed and everything was just a nylon. Yeah, yeah, most people do. Yeah. But the bar chords were impossible. Yeah, bar chords were impossible. On those. Yeah. And, they, and they, you know, Problem with classical guitars, even really good ones, in my opinion, because because in my opinion, a nylon string guitar is the best sounding guitar. Mm. You know, I mean, just in terms of pure sound, you know, something about it when you play it, it's a, it's so hard to keep in tune and play in tune. You know, those strings just they they don't stay in tune, and then when you grab them, they they don't give you a lot of you know you really got to you know yeah you really got to have your shit together um and then also they they don't amplify well no so they're they're so quiet you know you can't play them with anybody else you know so it's like you know like that, that's why classical guitars play solo all the time <laughs> yeah so um so you know i mean yeah there are drawbacks to the nylon even though in, to my aesthetic that's the prettiest sounding guitar you know right it's just so beautiful and personal and intimate you know yeah but uh you know and i'll only play one in the studio it's the only you know people try to get me to take them to gigs or do do a gig on them and i said nope nope you know if you're gonna play the drums i'm not playing a nylon string you gotta make up your mind you know, if you're gonna play the piano, I'm not playing a nylon string. Sorry. Yeah, that's uh, a little, yeah. little tough. A little and, tough. Unless, of course, I'm in the studio and I'm in an isolation booth, and you can turn me up and get a good sound. Yeah. Know, acoustically. So I, I mean, I know there's a lot of people who believe in a lot of those guitars, the golden ones and the pickups and stuff. To me, to my ear, that's not what the beauty of the of the nylon string guitar is. Yeah. Know? Yep. That thing, feeling it resonate against you and hearing it in the room, you know. That when does the Barney go in? The Barney Kessel get guitar go in to get all set up? Oh, I think we have a a guest. We have a guest joining us. Guest? Do am I supposed to guess who it is? I want uh Oh, oh my God! It worked. Oh. Oh my God! Look at this man. 
Uh oh, he's gone now. We've lost. <laughs> did we just leave him? Yeah. What did you do? Did you kick I, him off? I didn't do anything. Let me send him another invite. Oh god, that's hilarious. We just lost him. I think he can use the same link. Can he? I think. I just sent him another one. Okay. Well, hey. either one ought to work. God, you'd think this guy out of everyone, he'd know how to Zoom now. Well, you know, he's an old man. He just had a birthday. He just had a birthday? Yeah, I think his birthday was the 31st of May or something like that. Right. Are you texting him just that we sent him another I link? Text him. I said, try again, please. <laughs> I don't know what went wrong there. Um, that's funny. Mr. Uh, Mr. Tommy Emmanuel himself. Oh, you gave it away. You gave it away. There he was. Well, we had him for like a second or two. Second. Everybody could hear his voice, so they knew it was him. I think we, we're trying again. Here he is. Here he is. Oh, my we God. Did it again. <laughs> Calm, be calm, I say to myself. I'm having one of those days, gentlemen. Sorry about that. Oh, Tommy. How are you, Tom? Bruce, it's good to see you. Everything all right? Yeah, everything's Troy? great. Can I introduce you to Troy McCubbin? Yep. Troy, Tommy, we've met many times. Well, every five or six years we run into each other, and I always say, Tommy, I've met you a bunch of times. I'm one of Tony Calabro's students. And then you remember, oh, you kind of yeah. remember me and we go from there. Right. Gotcha. <laughs> Dear old Tony. I, I hear from Tony quite often. You know, he sends me little messages from time to time and, and uh, keeps me in the loop of what's going on back in Australia. He's a great man. And um, yeah, we're a big supporter of you. And man, welcome. It's, it's so great to see you again. And um, Mr. Guitar, you, how's life? How you doing, man? I'm as good as gold. I've got a few of them sitting over here. Wow. Uh -huh. Nice. Yeah. yeah. Um, I'm good. I just moved into this new place here in Nashville. And because uh, last time I saw Bruce, I was living in San Jose. Yeah. So now I'm back here in Nashville and um, uh, been a lot of stuff going on, uh, been recording and all that sort of stuff. Um, and I've uh, been doing the Opry and um, things are starting to open up. I've got uh, this Friday, I'll be in Melbourne in uh, Florida. Uh, and then Saturday is Gainesville in Florida. And then I'm back home on Sunday. And then the following week, we're off to Kentucky. And, you know, so that, uh, I'm starting to starting to uh, do tour dates now. And it, the way it's structured is it's just going to get slowly busier until we're, we're on a bus and we're, we're away for three weeks. And that's how it's going to be by October. Wow. I imagine it's going to get busy for you. Yep. Which is good. I like busy. Yeah. How, and, and for both you guys, I know I've talked to Bruce about this, like just your whole life has been touring gigs, mm -hmm. performing, and then all of a sudden you've had to stop like everyone else. Yeah. Mentally, how was that for you? That must have been crazy. <laughs> well, Bruce, do you want to go first? No, you go first. Everybody's sick and tired of hearing it from me. 
Oh, okay. All right. Um, well, let me wear them out, okay? Thanks, man. You do. I'll, I'll come in and finish them off later. <laughs> um, it's been a blessing for me um, because um, uh, you know, I, some decisions were made that, that I would not stay in California and that I would come back here. Um, and so I had time to do that um and uh, all that sort of stuff um and uh i did a lot of what i did is is i started a new uh, uh subscriber channel for true fire right called up close and personal and what i did is i shot videos every day of songs of mine and then i shot videos of me explaining them and breaking them down and uh, for, for the channel. And then I started thinking about stuff that, that people ask me at workshops and stuff, you know, things like uh, uh, arrangements and ideas, um, uh, chord substitutions, um, uh, how do you train your ear? All those real questions that, that people wonder, because people think I must have went and done, you know, 10 years at Berkeley and like, because I can hear a song and I can play you a version of it like now, you know, people don't realize that people like me, we've always been able to do that. You know, that's not something new. It's, it's, it's part of whatever nature has given me has been, that's been part of it. It's grown, of course, as I've uh, matured, uh, um, uh, hopefully, as, an, as a player and an arranger. And so I had to come up with ideas and invent ideas that to tell people who don't think that way, this is, if you do this, you know, if you hear a song, listen to it and try and picture it on the guitar. Try and picture, you know, that, it, that it, okay, this, uh, first of all, find what key the song's in try and find it without touching the guitar. Try and train your brain to hear a D or a G or an F or a B or, you know, try and train your, your, your senses. And then from there, you, it, there's the main chord of the song. So go out to the other chord, say if it's in D, well then, then you'll know that da 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 do, 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 da, there's D. So D, G, D, A, D, G, C, F, B flat, blah, blah, blah. Hear the notes in your head, and all of a sudden, the mystery of where things go starts to get a more uh, under, uh, um, um, broken down for you. So it's a way of training your senses, you know. So I was doing these kind of things um, and I was making lots of videos and all that. And then, then I started recording stuff with other guitar players and some mandolin players. Last week I did uh, some tracks with a, a young lady named Sierra Hull, who is absolutely incredible. And then a couple of days ago, I had Sam Bush out at the studio and we did two songs which we'd never played together before and which I had never played before. Um, and, um, and it was, it was great. Um, very spontaneous, uh, fun things, you know? Um, so there's been time for me to do all that. I've done the Opry a few times being here in town and, um, 
it's just been great get myself into a different routine um, I've been trying to learn how to cook better things yeah. like that you know I mean real real things you know and yeah um, I'm trying to learn how to steam food better how to pressure cook food better and I have a dear friend who gave me a, a one of those little pressure cooker things where and and uh, for when I moved in here and uh, so I've been using that I cook rice and stuff today and uh, it's been definitely a wonderful journey for, for me it's been hard not being able to just go and see my family and stuff but um, you know it's all it's all good um, I, I've learned a lot from this time so yeah yeah, yeah. I've got it I gotta say, Tommy, like when I was growing up and seeing you in concert the many times I did, I used to think when you kind of dropped the electric and went more acoustic and the thumb, well, always thumb picker, I always looked at, at the thumb picking as way out of reach. And I feel like last 10, 15 years, you have inspired so many thumb pickers from people, amazing players like Joe Robinson. And it's just how does it feel that you've kind of done, in a sense, what um, Chet Atkins did for you and you've done so many to other guitar players? I mean, that's got to feel pretty amazing. Well, um, I see it, and, and, but I don't, I don't think about it as in, well, I never thought that would happen. I mean, if, if I hear someone doing something that I like, I try to steal it too, you know? <laughs> I'm guilty of petty theft like everybody else in the music business. <laughs> but, um, you know, things like uh, you watch young people from Korea, Japan, China, uh, Russia, uh, Poland, all those places. You see videos of them playing my songs. And there they are with a mate and guitar. They've got the same tuner on the headstock. They've got the same cable. They've got the same little amp. And it's all in the, in the thing. And I'm like, I'll be damned. <laughs> they copied everything I did. Yeah, that, that's wonderful. So um, it's not something that I, I think about too much. But when I see it, I recognize it. And I hope that... that I can be half the 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 uh, uh, influence that that people like Chet and Merle Travis and and all those people uh, were. You know, I mean, they they set the bar pretty damn high. You know, that's for sure. And uh, as Bruce can attest, we have you know everyone from Django and Charlie Christian onwards in the jazz world that inspired all of us and, and, and still go on to do that. You know, there wouldn't be a Borelli Legreen if it wasn't for Django, you know. There wouldn't be a Stockler Rosenberg if it wasn't for Django, you know. And there are a whole generation who are watching Borelli and who are watching Stockler and doing the same moves, exactly. Yeah. Yeah. And that's, it's like a language, you know. I can't talk until I can talk like him, that kind of thing. But let me just show you something here. I got this out of storage. Oh, your award. Great. Wow. That's awesome. Can you read it? Yeah. CGP, Tommy Emanuel. The part of below is hard to see. Okay. Well, we said, know what it is, of course. In, I mean, I can... in recognition of his contributions to the art of finger picking, July 10th, 99. Wow. Yeah. 
And congratulations, of course, man. It's oh. got to be a coveted thing. I'm glad you got it out of storage, man. You Thank know. you. <laughs> Tommy, how, how much time did you get to spend with Chet? How much time did you actually get to spend with him over the years? Uh, I first met him in 1980, and I'd been, we'd been pen pals. I, I would write him a letter, and he would write something back. And, and um, anyway, um, when I first met him, we spent all day one day. The, the, the first day I met him, it was him and Lenny Bro. And, and the three of us spent the whole day together playing and drinking coffee and drinking other substances as well. And, um, and, uh, and then I took Lenny to his gig that night and watched him play. And he, cause he, he, he um, I took Chet's little, um, it was a music man amp. And I, I brought that to the gig and set him up and tuned his guitar while he was at the bar drinking tequila. <laughs> and uh, and then I heard some of the best playing I've still ever heard in my life to this day. You've never heard anything like Lenny Bro. Uh, it was it was there. I, I still can't find the words to describe how good it was, how deep it was. I knew I was I was uh, and I sat right beside the stage, and his amp was literally right beside me, and I was just sitting there like this, uh, with my eyes closed, and. I, it, it was like I, I couldn't move. It totally riveted me to the spot, and I had never gone that deep, you know, with where he was going with it. It was it was like you know if Oscar Peterson was playing piano, uh, you know, Lenny was doing all that stuff on the guitar and going places that were just jaw dropping. And and the funny thing was, he did they did two sets. And, and he went outside and smoked some substances and came back in and had another like six shots of tequila. And he got up and played and it was even better. I, I don't know how, how that's possible. Now, after hanging out with Lenny and meeting him, what was his personality like? Did you see something in his personality that reflected oh, totally. his greatness? Yeah. Well, no, he was a child. He was a he was a grown man, but Lenny was a child, and wow. he was sweet and he was innocent in so many ways, right? Uh, but at the same time, he was completely freaked out. Like we got in the car for me to drive him to where he was playing, and he almost crawled out the window to talk to somebody. I thought he was going to crawl out of the car because he was, it was his behaviour was pretty strange. And, and, and he's asking this person, like, I know where to go, right? I'm driving him and it's my responsibility to take care of him. And I'm stopped at a stoplight and he starts talking to this lady who's standing on the curb. You know, how do we get to the, the blue blah, 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 whatever the club was? And I said, it's okay, Lenny, I know where to go. And, and he didn't even hear me. He was like, which way do we go? And, and he, was, he, he was just out of his mind, you know? Um, yeah, uh, he was a, he was a really sweet, sweet guy. But uh, anyway, I stayed in touch with Chet, and during the during uh, the nineties, when I had like five years in a row of successful albums, enormous success at home, which just I don't know, you couldn't stop it. It had a it it was a snowball, and it just got bigger 
and bigger and there's nothing you could do about selling out concerts. It just went on and on and on. And I, I, I kept getting asked to be on this TV show and that TV show. And that, that um, creates a life um, aside from, from your own. My, my, uh, my professional life just grew on almost on its own and had a life of its own. I had management and agents and people helping running it and everything and, and, and all that. But the, when success comes to you, uh, it's, it's so big that it, that you just stand back and let it, let it roll in front of you. And you, you know what I mean? Sort of thing. Um, so, and it was, uh, 15 years after I'd been, uh, here to see Chet in Nashville in 1980. So 1995, I come to Nashville with a whole bunch of Sony country music artists and I was the token instrumentalist. All the others were, were singers, songwriters who all wanted to be stars, you know? And so when, when it come time for us to do our showcase as part of CMA week, yeah. They, of course, put me on first because I was the token instrumentalist. Get him out of the way and let the real people on, right? <laughs> so so uh, Chet came down with the people from Columbia Records. And uh, I came out and uh, ho I, just, I had my big hose out and I hosed the shit out of them with everything I had. And the place went crazy like that. And... Uh, they, they all, Chet brought the, the record company people backstage to meet me and that was really nice. And then the show was the next night as well and they all came back the next night. And uh, so we got to hang out. And about a week after that, I got a call from Chet. I was back home, I got a call from Chet and he's saying, do you want to record together? Uh, the record company really excited about the fact that maybe we could do something together and would you like to to do that you know and I said is there a mustache in Mexico <laughs> and um, and so uh, I immediately wrote the song Mr. Guitar yeah and I rang him back and I played it to him over the phone I played him Dixie Maguire which I'd written in the late 70s um, what else did I play Walsy Matilda uh, and and uh, and then he sent me tapes of stuff like To Be or Not To Be. Oh, I know what it was. Borsellino was the other tune that I sent to Chet and uh, showed him showed him the, the way I worked it out because he loved that song because it was quirky, you know. Uh, let me show you something. Uh, normal tune guitar. Here we go. Um, Yeah. Right, so Borsellino, I'll just put this down on my guitar. Go like, there's A, right, so I go. So. 
right? That's a nice move. But Chet, Chet heard it. He did that move up instead of going. Right? And I said to him, no, it doesn't go. It, it's like this. It's a lot easier. You know, because he would do stuff like that. He'd find the best way to play things. And that, or while all the rest of us are doing it the hard way. Right? So this was the roles were reversed. He's now going. And I said, no, Chet, it's just right there and he he just looked at me right in the eye and he said i'm too damn old to change now <laughs> <laughs> i never thought i'd hear him say that <laughs> wow. throughout, yeah. throughout your whole career tommy you've met probably all the greatest and is, is there anyone on the list that you haven't met that you wish you've you you've got to meet that maybe still with us or they've passed and well, Wes Montgomery was is still one of my all-time favorite guitar players. Right. You know, his phrasing, his tone, his ideas, you know, it was still some of the best real jazz guitar playing that I've ever heard. Um, and I'm sure Bruce will support me on that because, uh, you know, there's been a lot of people who came after Wes who they didn't, they didn't have the taste he had and that gorgeous tone he had, um, you know, and, and, you know, I, I remember playing along with these records, trying to do that. You know, all that kind of stuff. Uh, you, know, you know how he does it. does it with everything is with with the thumb so I, I i remember when i saw photos of him i thought well the you know this is how his hand was like that so he's so i worked out how to do that and you know for a, for a brief millisecond in my in my uh, life i i thought i was going to be a jazz guitar player and you know and until I um, realized that I wasn't very good at it, that I was better off staying with rock and roll and country music. And I could, I could play jazz with guys who played it well and, and learn how to do it better, you know? So for me, I think uh, there are a lot of guys, I, I mean, um, uh, Lee Rittenau plays a lot of uh, Wes's things and a lot of Wes phrasing, which is beautiful. Um, and a guy like Larry Carlton uh, has taught all of us about phrasing. You know, his phrasing and his ideas are absolutely as good as it gets. You know what I mean? If you, and I'm talking about Larry Carlton back from the 70s. Yeah. His, even as a young man, his ideas were fucking brilliant. You know, so brilliant. Uh, if I want a guitar lesson, then I go and put on Donald Fagan's The Nightfly album and listen to Larry, you know, or, or the bass player. Yeah, you know? yeah. So, you know... Um, did, you ever, did you ever get to play, um, sit down and play with Mark Knopfler? Did you guys... Yeah. Mark and I recorded together uh, on an album of mine called uh, uh, Accomplice One. And uh, we, we did a kind of uh, ragtime kind of tune. But um, 
Mark's a wonderful guitar player. What, what a sound he's got. What a beautiful tone. Yeah. yeah. Well, this melody. He wrote that for that movie, uh, Local Hero. Yeah, yeah. What a masterpiece that is when, when you hear it, you know. But, I mean, the stuff he's written in the last 20 years is absolutely amazing. Yeah, one of, one of, the, one of the best. Yeah, he is. How many albums now, Tommy? Me? I don't know. I lost count. Hello. This is Cressida. <laughs> hey. Well, I'm lucky enough to talk to two of the greatest players in the world right now. Oh, you know that. Good. And me and Bruce. <laughs> I was wondering who else was here. I mean, I didn't think yeah, I was going to do it. <laughs> I can see the the bird in the background. Oh, yeah. Charlie Parker. Well, you've been here before, so you know. Yeah. And well, I... in, in, in Charlie's honor, I'd like to say it. <laughs> uh, you're in, enjoying being back in Nashville, Tommy? Yeah, I am. It's such a great place. It is. It is. And and, and Bruce, Bruce has got you got uh, Barney's guitar now, right? Barney, got my hands. This is my, you know, my my yeah, my, the red my, one. my red guitar. But Barney's sitting right there on the couch. Oh, okay. Boom. You know, I'm letting him, the guitar get acclimated to California weather. I just brought her out from Colorado, so okay, sucking up some moisture. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Exactly. Yeah. I saw Barney with Herb, Barney and Herb together uh, in Australia in the late 70s. Uh, they played at a they played at a club and uh, the the government ra uh, radio station, the ABC, wanted to do a live uh, show with them. And I'll never forget um, Herb asking me where I could buy some nose candy for him. Oh, <laughs> wow. Yeah. yeah. That would be, yeah. That would have been Herb. <laughs> uh, they enjoyed the, they indulging in the, the great pastime. Of, uh, oh, they, 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 they like to rock those guys. <laughs> you know, I, I remember when I was playing, I was playing a show up in the city of Brisbane in Australia, 
and it was like packed out with kids, no, no seating, all standing and all, you know, hands up in the air and going like this. Anyway, I looked down the front of the stage and there are th like three older guys and they all looked like Italians with, you know, curly hair and comb over. It was a bit like mine. And, um, comb and, and they got beers in their hand and they're, they got their hands up, they got their arms up on the stage and they're really having a great time. These guys are really having a good time. Anyway, I've, I finished my show and these guys kind of elbowed their way through the crowd like security guys and they got around the back and the guy said, here, man, have a beer. What a great show, blah, blah, blah. And they were from Frank Sinatra's band. <laughs> they were New Yorkers. <laughs> I, I thought they were like detectives or something. <laughs> and, yeah. And uh, it was, um, I'm trying to think of his name, Al Viola. Yeah, he was a good friend of mine. Yeah. Yeah, it was Al Viola and uh, the drummer, I can't remember the drummer's name. He was great. Uh, and uh, and the piano player. It was Bill Miller, the piano player, wasn't right. it? He, he was yeah. with him for a long time. Wouldn't, wouldn't have been uh, Frankie DeVito, drummer? No. Sure. I, don't th I don't think with Al Viola, that would have been, um, God, it was Irv Kotler, probably. Right. Uh, I used to love it when Sonny Payne played with right, the... Yeah, that was when they did the bassy time, yeah. 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 Sonny Payne was one of my favorites. You know, most people don't know this, Tommy, but uh, Frank Sinatra saved my life. He did? Yeah, yeah. Um, I was in Vegas and I was out in the parking lot and these two guys were just beating the shit out of me. And Frank came up and he said, okay, boys, that'll be enough. <laughs> <laughs> So he saved my okay, life. Please. That'll be enough. Okay. <laughs> oh man. So, hey, Tommy, do you do a lot of session work in Nashville? Is that something? Um, the road? Not really. Not really. I, am, I occasionally play on people's records, um, but uh, no, I'm not looking. I've done all that so much, but uh, um, uh, you know. Uh, I don't want to start getting into all that stuff again, you know. Um, but uh, every now and again, someone will send me a track. Like um, Frank Gambali and I recorded a track oh, together wow. yep. uh, about a week and a half ago. And, um, and he's in Barcelona and sent me the track here. And then I went and put my part on and then emailed that to him. And so he's going to do that. So every now and again, things like that pop up. Right, right. So, um, but I, um, I, I'm I'm not chasing stuff like that, you know. No, I, it's so when you go on the road next, it's just it's just you. Will you take a support act with you, or do you usually take a a group of musicians with you nowadays, or what's the plan there? No, I I play solo. I, I carry <clears throat> I carry my sound man, who's my tour manager as well, Steve Law. Yep. He's a Bundaberg boy. He's oh, from wow. Queensland. Yeah, yeah. And I have Zach, who is my lighting director, and he's from Chicago. So that, that's the three of us. And then there's a guy named Sean from here in Nashville who does all the merchandise and all that sort of stuff. So, um, but sometimes, like, if I have a tour where, I've got a, where I'm going to do a bus and, st and live on the bus, shower in the... In the um, halls and live on the bus 
then I'll usually bring my opening act, uh, whoever it may be, Joe Robinson or uh, uh, yeah, uh, Trey, Rob Hensley, yeah, Trey Hensley and Rob Ikes. Uh, sometimes Jerry Douglas and I will use a bus and he'll bring his wife with him and stuff like that. Yeah. So, uh, but I try to keep it as compact as, as I can. This weekend coming up, we'll fly into Orlando, pick up a car and the three of us, lighting the sound and me, will we'll drive and do the shows and then drive back to Orlando and fly back to Nashville. But that's it, you know. So, but... Um, I, I love having, you know, it's not always advisable to have someone who, who plays a lot like you, like, um, you know, my buddy Michael Fix from Australia, he's open for me because he's German. And so he plays in Germany because he can speak the language and all that. But, you know, um, it's not advisable to have someone who plays almost your style on the show because... <coughs> it's too much for the audience, you know. Might, might I like have, to have maybe like a top guitar player, you know, opening up for you. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. No, you know, well, just saying. You know, I I like to keep it like a a singer or a, someone who does something completely different, you know. Oh, well, yeah, so. Bruce to do his red guitar. That'll that'll yeah. keep it yeah. warm for you. Yeah. The crowd went mild. Yeah. Well, 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 you know, I play jazz because I hate crowds. Exactly. <laughs> no, well, um, yeah. Uh, the last place I played at, three people walked in. Oh. Yeah. Wow. Wait, wait, wow. Wait, what? I, had, I had a walking ovation the other day. Did you really? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, the craziest... Where, Where's some of the craziest gigs you've ever done, as in destination places? Like, like uh, I played I played a show in a uh, a World War Two bunker in uh, Bielefeld in Germany. Wow. It's it's a real bunker, uh, and they made it into a jazz club. It's beautiful. They put all these beautiful black and white photos up and low lighting. They kept all the original light fittings and doors and all that, and in in the club. So and it's. It's called Zabunka. <laughs> That's a pretty crazy place. That was 25 years ago. Um, I played out on the desert uh, in Africa with amps that were battery powered. Oh, wow. I did a show for the Maasai people in, in Kenya. And <clears throat> I turned on these two Fender um, battery powered amps, played a chord and all the animals went... <laughs> looked up straight away. They were looking around for weather, so they'd never heard that sound before. Oh, that's cool. I said, come on, it's just an E. <laughs> anyway, yeah, because they, they had donkeys, uh, dogs, cats, you know, all that sort of stuff. And all the animals went like, what, what the hell's going on when I started to play? Yeah, but you don't and, like it. You don't like it when the gorillas and the lions complain. That's a drag. You know? Exactly. Gorilla my dreams. Yeah, really. All right. So, you, new album? You just said, are you recording a new album? Uh, I have, I have a uh, like a an EP kind of thing out at the moment as a series. That's what I've been doing. I've been recording with different artists, and they, there'll be four tracks that you'll be able to 
stream or download because um, we don't make CDs anymore, you know. Although they still sell well at shows, there's no point in, in trying to get a CD out there in the marketplace because people just stream everything. Yeah, yeah. So, well, it seems like you've, you've done pretty well in crossing over to this new world of no CDs and all digital downloads and you stay very relevant in the, the social media world. Well, I, I got people. <laughs> I, I have people that I, I pay good money yep. to make sure that, that that's what I do. Stay in the, you know, you can see me on Instagram, you can see me on Facebook, you can see me on this, on that, and you can stream from there and that. And they're always asking me, can you make another video and just say uh, streaming on all your favorite digital outlets? You make sure you say digital outlet, stuff like that. You know, they they gently try to coerce me into Bring, dragging myself into the next century, you know. Is Tommy, tell me a standard Tommy Emmanuel day, what time are we getting up and what time is the guitar in your hands? And is the guitar in your hands every single day? Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I get up, I wake up almost exactly the same time every day, 25 minutes past six in the morning. And uh, I'm usually playing by about, 10 minutes to seven. Yeah. Coffee mm -hmm. in hand. Coffee getting ready. Yeah. 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 I've had several cups today, so I'm, I'm rocking. <laughs> and I have a, I have a buddy visiting me here and we're going to go take a walk in a second. So where now you knew uh, true fire channel that you have. I've, I've been through some of your courses on true fire. Mm -hmm. I ne until I did one of those courses, I always thought, well, Tommy's stuff is just, out of reach, but you're an amazing teacher and you're able to break it down to make it simple for us normal folk to grasp, which is really mm. incredible. So, but your True Fire courses, you've got a ton of them. You've got the mm. new True Fire channel. Yeah. I mean. Yeah, and I'm about to do a whole new series of things for, for True Fire, um, which they're very excited about, and but they, they haven't told me exactly what it is yet, but they said, we know you're going to like it. So <laughs> not sure about that, but anyway. How much is there more? How much? <laughs> I just, there's just so much to learn in, in one's lifetime. So um, it never ends. It's, never it's un unbelievable, you know, and it, you know, uh, spending time with people who have totally different information up here, you know, like when I went to visit Bruce and we, we just hung out and, and, and played a little and all that, you know, I, I got another window into, you know, where he comes from, his style, his knowledge, and I stole as much as I possibly could, you know? And yeah. vice versa, of course. Yeah. yeah. Say again? Vice versa, of course. I, you know, oh. I, I was paying attention. Of course you were. <laughs> um, uh, not that I did anything that you hadn't seen before. But. Well, no, you know, it's one thing, you know, to hear it and hear it and then to be right next to it, it's another thing, you know. It's True. Really you know, I remember the times that um, uh, Chet and, and Jerry Reed would, would come over to where I was staying. They would play things that you never hear them play on a record. Like, I remember we were jamming on on uh, lover come back to me 
And Chet did some things I could have sworn were Charlie Parker. It was like really inside bebop. And I've never heard him play those things, but he knew them. He knew them and he just boom, straight into them, you know. Uh, was brilliant. And Jerry Reed the same. He he had a lot of great. He 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 sounded like Ray Charles playing the guitar. That's what he sounded like. You know. He seemed like a a real character. Oh, totally. Fun guy, right? Yeah, yeah he was. Um, we I remember we were writing a book about my style and where it came from, and we did a whole chapter on Chet and Mel Travis and Jerry Reed and Django and all that, and. The guy who was writing it said uh, to went up to 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 Jerry at the uh, at the Chet convention here all those years ago and said, um, "Can I get a quote from you uh, just to put on the front of the book for for Tommy?" You know, and Jerry looks straight at him. He says, "Tell him I'm gonna steal all his guitars and break all his fingers." <laughs> That's what he said. <laughs> <laughs> but the very first time that I met Jerry Reed was over at Randy Goodrum's house. And Randy is the keyboard player uh, who he used to play with Jerry. He was playing with Chet at the time. Anyway, uh, Randy says to me, play that guitar boogie for Jerry. So I play guitar boogie and I improvise a whole bunch of stuff and blah, 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 blah. I get to the end. The crowd went mild and all that. And Jerry just take, took, took his sunglasses off and he looked at me and he said, you didn't learn that. And I said, what do you mean? He said, you were born with that. That's what he said. <laughs> you were born with it. And I said, well, I don't know. I stole most of it. <laughs> he said, it's in your ethos. In your ethos. Ethos. Wow, man. Mm. I imagine you've seen a big change in Nashville since you first went there. Totally, yeah. I mean, you hardly recognise the place now. But the thing I love is you can still get in the car and go to the Country Music Hall of Fame and just go back in time. It's beautiful. Yeah. It really is. It fills your soul to go in there. And the Musicians Hall of Fame, everything's there. Yeah. It's pretty amazing. Yeah. pretty amazing. Well, Tommy, we, I know you're a busy man and uh, you're going to take off your walk, but it's always such a pleasure. You're, you're such a great man and thank you for all that you give to us normal people. Well, Love what you do, mate. Don't, don't you dare call Bruce normal. <laughs> uh, irregular. Anyways, I just, want to, <laughs> I just want to say, first of all, it's just so inspiring to hear just with your positive attitude and how, you know, like, through all this, how, you know, it's obvious to see why you're just the great person and player and spirit you are because you make the most of everything and it's yeah. really inspiring. Thank you. Of course, it's great to hang out with you and see your face again. I hope we can play again soon and uh, be in the same space. I'm going to be in California next month. Okay, well, let me know. And yeah, you know I will. Okay. Absolutely. I'll try and get a chance to hop in the car and come up and see you. Yeah, or I'll get in the car and come down and see you. All right, brother. All right. Thank you. Thanks for your time today. Um, Bruce, did, did, you, did you need for us to do one of these kind of things together on your site? No, no, this is it. 
This is okay, it. Okay, good. All right. I, I'm this just making it. sure I'm now covering you, all the bases. Diana, man, you know, you're so generous too, Tommy. It's yeah. most appreciated. Okay. We'll, we'll make sure everyone knows about your true fire, which a lot of people don't, but if they don't, they need to go check it out. Tommy, <laughs> as always, mate, and it's such an honor. And uh, Thank you, brother. look after yourself. Stay healthy, man. I will. Thank you. Good to see you. Good to see you, Brucey boy. Good to see you, Tommy. Hey, how about a Mrs. Bruce for me? Okay, I'll do that. That'll be great. Sure. See. All right. Okay, what an asshole. <laughs> the great man. Oh, that was good, man. That was really cool. That was really cool. All right. Well, everyone keep uh, supporting Bruce's Barney Kessel. What's the official word? Okay, so, uh, you know, the link thing, I don't know. Just go on Kickstarter, put Bruce Foreman, then put. The title is Reunion, Revisiting the Poll Winners. And of course, the reunion refers to the, the instruments that are getting back together. Right. After 50, 60 years, you know, wow. to, to, to have fun and make sound again. You know? Yeah. Awesome. It's exciting stuff, man. Um, yeah, well, well we try, I really appreciate you trying to get me on as the opening act for, for, uh, for Tommy. It's, <laughs> I don't think it's going to happen. You know, but maybe maybe I can do the closing act. Maybe I can just he'll let me sweep up or something afterwards. Yeah, you know? I can't wait to see you guys play together. I'm sure that's going to happen at some point. And um, uh, yeah, it was sure fun the last couple times. So yeah. you yeah, know, you want to see that happen? Um, yeah, go check out Tommy's True Fire. He's all you guys. You guys, it's one being a, an amazing player, but to be able to teach and mentor people like you guys do it's pretty amazing too so uh, awesome yeah. to get all the videos these guys do and bruce until next guitar wing wait, 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 which is soon right we're gonna we're gonna keep this going more yeah. now right we, we, we had our little we had our little our little covid uh covid malaise we can yeah, call, let's call right? that is, is it scotty henderson that young bloke that young yeah, that guy well yeah 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 he um yeah, he, actually, I talked to him the other day. He's, you know, of course, in his writing phase. Which, oh, here we go. Which makes him kind of, as as the wankers know, it makes him sort of, I guess, difficult to get a hold of. And, yeah, yeah. And then he's always such an asshole when you talk to him. So, um, but 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 he sounded sort of normal for him. So we'll, I, I'm sure we can we can do a hang whenever you want. Yeah, let's do you know? it. I mean. I'm you sitting here that? just kind of working it, working stuff out, getting ready for this recording, playing gigs and practicing and doing all the other shit I do. So yeah. I'm gonna nice. I'm gonna actually be recording a my music master class. I'm just trying we're trying to decide whether I'm gonna do it for have them record it and have it be like really well filmed or just get it out there because you know it's the information. It's not yeah. the yeah. I, I mean well, I'm so amazed at True Fire and how much they put into the production of their things. It's like, you know, it's information. I mean, it's it's like, it's the information there. I mean, I don't really need to see the angle of everything and, you know, 15 different whatever. I don't need to see what the colonoscopy looks like. I just, you know, want to hear it and see it, you know, and that's pretty right. good, you know, but I guess, I don't know. In this new digital age, people like to do that. I mean, you go on YouTube and you see a 30-year-old video and you can learn a lot from that, too. Yeah, that's, that's the truth. Will you stay safe as well? And, um, yeah, we'll, uh, we'll talk soon. All guitar wankers, keep listening and supporting. Leave us a review if you can. 
oh, well, we want reviews. Were you sure you really want that? Yeah. <laughs> you know what they're going to say. If they can lie and leave a great review. Yeah, okay. Everybody lie and leave a great review, okay? That's what we want. Don't, 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 yeah. Don't be honest. All right, man. We'll, uh, we'll talk later. Okay, man. Thank you. See you, mate. Keep wanking.